0: Hi, welcome to the Chossox Wild Apothecary podcast. I'm Rox, I'll tell you a little bit about me. I lead foraging experiences, food, herb and yoga-based workshops. I'm trained in nutritional therapy, yoga, massage and countryside management. And I'm one of the directors of a social enterprise called the Hub G63, which aims to create a sustainable local food system in our area, thinking locally to act globally. In these podcasts, I'm going to talk to people working in the areas of food, nature connection, movement, wild foods, herbal medicine, environmental, physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. So it's quite a wide-ranging podcast of all the things that I'm interested in. So check out my website to book onto a walk or workshop with me, or to stay in one of my, in our Sages' Cabin in the beautiful Trossachs area of Scotland, www.chorsockswilderpostcrete.com or connect with me on Facebook or Instagram. So today I'm talking to master distiller Askarinen of Nordic Premium Beverages at the distillery which is located in the small town of Illamansi in eastern Finland. The distillery is established in 1989 and is the oldest winery and producer of sparkling wine in Finland. They also make Arctic Blue Gin that is a worldwide multi-award winning gin. And it won the the Gold Award at the International Wine and Spirit Awards in London in 2018. However, at the moment, unfortunately, it's not possible to buy it in the UK, so you'll need to get yourself over to beautiful Finland to try it. This is an interesting chat that we had about Finnish wild berries and some of their strange uh, Finnish alcohol laws. So have a listen and then like and share the podcast. Thanks.
1: Hi, Asu. Hello. So I just wondered if you could just tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do here.
2: Yeah, I'm a master distiller here in Nordic Premium Beverages and also in Valama Monastery Distillery. We are making plenty of beverages, mostly alcohol ones, sparkling wines, still wines, uh, berry liqueurs, also whiskey, gin, absinthe.
1: And you have an um, award
0: winning gin, don't you? Yeah,
2: we have Arctic Blue Gin. It has won in three continents first here in Europe, Germany 2017, March and in World Spirit Award it got titled Spirit of the Year so it was the best distilled product in that competition also double gold in gin series then afterwards it won in UK London uh, this kind of package medal about its label and after that in Hong Kong we got this uh, International Wine and Spirit Competition Gold in Gin Series as well and at the beginning of this this year it got uh, San Francisco Spirit Awards uh, title of Best Distilled White Spirit in US market and also Double Gold in Gin Series so it's
1: wow. <laughs> <laughs> Multi award winning. <laughs> Multi award
2: winning yeah and it has been in market just over one year, so it's oh, wow. a very good start for us.
1: Yes, congratulations.
2: <laughs> because we planned to sell last year about three thousand bottles, and we end up selling three hundred thousand bottles. So wow. it was hectic summer last <laughs> yeah. summer, but we we kind of managed to do it. And now we got our new steel pot, so we are capable to do one million liters.
1: And it, it, do you have a lot of people working? Yeah.
2: Not, not very much. In production we have only three people, two, inclu- two plus me, so... Oh,
1: must be very
2: busy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. At least this summertime is usually very busy and maybe one month in autumn is a little bit not so busy. But uh, when the Christmas time starts, it's very busy as well, so mm. no time to rest or holidays.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And then, um, what do you think it is that makes your gin special and different? Why is it won the awards? That's
2: a very good question because I have been wondering <laughs> it by myself. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Finnish ingredients. They are poor and very, very taste tasty because we are using wild, uh, wild blueberries in our gin. So, besides the juniper berries, the blueberries are the uh, second key ingredient our gin, so maybe that's why.
1: Yeah and there's loads of blueberries here and I've seen them all over the woods.
2: Yeah <laughs> and this year should shouldn't be so good our, although our picker says there's not so many blueberries in this year so
1: okay.
2: have to see how we manage because we want to use our local blueberries in our gin. And There's plenty of uh, other botanicals from the Finnish forest. The main idea was the bottle bottled the blueberry forest in the gin, and I think we kind of managed to do that. Roughly use 75 kilos of blueberries per week, so annual need is about 10,000 kilos, so we don't have the time to pick them up. Mm-hmm. but We have our own pickers and our uh, freeze house near to Ilomantsi, so we can storage our blueberries there. You don't have to make all the gin in the autumn time, so that's helping us. Yes.
1: And what other kind of herbs, spices do you have in it? Or
2: in the gin there is, uh, for example, pine needles, blueberry leaves, wild rose petals. Uh, and I, I I, like to add there uh, cardamom as well because my mother makes uh, blueberry pies and she uses plenty of cardamom making the pie. So I think cardamom and blueberries is perfect match, so that's why there is a cardamom in gin as well. Although in Finland cardamom doesn't grow but we are buying it from Germany, so
1: and did you did you start off making gin or were you making the wines first?
2: We start to make wine wines first. This is actually the oldest winery here in Finland. Okay. We started in 1989 so not very old but
1: mm.
2: we are using berries to make wines because grapes doesn't grow here
1: mm-hmm.
2: so all our wines are berry based.
1: Uh, and are grapes. they picked so locally as well?
2: Yeah and we farm uh, few of them. Mainly we use white currant and black currant in our wines and then some white berries as well.
1: And are they mostly like sweet wines or?
2: Sweet and dry. Mostly we had to add some sugar because uh, berries had so many acids in them. Mm-hmm. If we made just poor wine without the sugar, they would be very hard to drink so we have to add some sugar.
1: And have they got herb, um, herbs from in the area as well?
2: Uh, not actually, not yet. We are planning to add some forest herbs in our wines as well, but okay. in current wines we don't have them.
1: So you're experimenting with new wines as well. Yeah,
2: every time, uh, all the time, we are doing some product development and experience some so something how, new.
1: How did you get started doing this?
2: Actually, I worked in Terampeli. It's in southern Finland, biggest uh, whiskey distiller here in Finland, about ten years. But now I have been working here five years. Uh, I'm originally from here, North Karelia. Okay. So. When these guys start to make whiskey here, it was good, good time to me to move back closer to home.
1: So you're making whiskey here as well? Yeah. Yeah, maybe you could tell me a bit about that.
2: Yeah, we are making whiskey with Valamo Monastery. It's the only monastery here in Finland. It's Orthodox monastery, located in Heinävesi, about 120 kilometers to south here. So the distillery is there, uh, and we are making wines as well in there, but the whiskey we started to make when I came here about uh, 2015, so it's very young whiskey, but mainly we are using uh, peated malt, peated barley, so we can call it single malt whiskey, we just use water, yeast and peated barley,
1: so
2: nothing else. And of course you have to maturate it in oak casks, at least the three years that you can call it whiskey so okay we haven't have now released our first official whiskey release it's just three years old but people can taste where we are going so
1: yes i tasted it, it was actually really nice and yeah. i i never really liked whiskey sometimes. for young whiskey it's
2: a very nice <laughs> you know, yeah I, I actually i'm by myself very surprised how how good is good it is and are you releasing really so, that so, yeah. shortly? Yeah, it's yeah. coming in alcohol shops here in Finland. So, okay. not export, not yet, but
1: mm-hmm.
2: in distant future, maybe. Cool.
1: And then um, you do another gin as well, don't you? Oh, you've got one coming in. Yeah,
2: out. we are making the gin for the monastery as well, because we made the Arctic Blue Gin uh, with our own brand, this Nordic Premium beverages. But yeah, the monks in monastery were so jealous, because it was selling so good, they wanted their own gin as well. So we are making gin for them as well. But it's not in the market yet, but very soon as well.
1: Is that for them to sell or for them to drink? Uh, I think both. Okay.
2: <laughs> Have to see which one is bigger part. But yeah, okay. they will drink it and they try to sell it as well. So it's based on their own black tea blend because the Walama Monastery is over... I don't know, almost thousand years old monastery. And they have using same black tea plant now three hundred years, so that okay. tea plant is big part in that gin as well. So you can really taste the black tea there.
1: So do they grow their black tea, and
2: um... no, they are buying it from a Finnish tea supplier. Okay, but it what it is the same supplier that that is. Has been in <laughs> 300 years, so it's a very old company. It actually is a Russian company, but it has moved to Finland about 100 years ago. So, and um,
1: could you tell me a little bit about the the actual area around here? Because I know you forage your stuff and you're saying it's very pure and clean. Maybe yeah, a bit about yeah,
2: we are in North Carolina, it's uh. How would you say that? Very foresty, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In Ilomantsi, there are about 3,000 habitants, so it's not very populated. There's a plenty of room to breathe and go to the forest and pick up your own mushrooms or berries or whatever you'd like to pick up. So, Finland is known, known as a land of the thousand lakes and there's a plenty of these kind of uh, Foresty lakes between there you can go fishing wherever you like, so if you are nature people, you would like to be here because there's not so much many people and very very much nature, yeah, yeah. yeah. trees and bears <laughs> deers and deer deers and
1: wolves animals. As well, wolves <laughs>
2: as well, but not not so many anymore that's been
1: okay really.
2: Back in the days, much more wolves than nowadays. So they are moving. I don't know why. Maybe the climate is changing. So they are go going to the southern Finland
1: nowadays. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. And do you, do you see many bears?
2: Uh, yeah, I have seen bear, bears, but uh, it has been a couple couple years ago. Okay. Not this year, no. I
1: think but
2: I, actually, I have. I'm living in. Yoensu about eighty kilometers here. Okay. Now I bought the house in Ilaman. I'm moving there next month, so
1: you might see more best. I tired <laughs>
2: to drive back and yes. forward yeah, that every day. So
1: yeah.
2: now I hope I will see the wildlife more than in Yoensu. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I I heard that the forest here is over ninety percent, which is quite yeah, amazing.
2: That, <laughs> That probably true, yeah. yeah. And we are very nearby the Russian border, so. Yes. So, that gives us a little bit different kind of vibes uh, living here so nearby the Russia than other Finnish peoples. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, that's true, and. Um, Something else is interesting was about the Finnish alcohol laws. Maybe you could tell about them as well.
2: Yeah, maybe it's interesting for you, but (laughs) for us it's pain in the ass. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Finnish alcohol laws are very strict. Uh, Mainly, they are using excused by common health. You can do that because of common health. They, in government, they think that people here can't drink, civil, uh, can't drink. Without getting drunk, they don't, everybody drink just for getting pissed off. And is
1: that, is that a historical? Do people get drunk a lot?
2: Yeah, I think there's a, some kind of myth living okay. in here that Finnish can't handle their bulls and they are fighting and killing each other. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's not true anymore. I don't know. It has been true some, some days ago, but no, I think... It's a yeah it's a very hard when you are making this kind of hard alcohols uh, gin and whiskey because you can't really advertise them at all. You can make them but you can't say that hey we are making whiskey or hey we are making gin. You can't put them on your websites or social media you can really say nothing about them. For example this arctic blue gin we want those prices and we try to tell that, that to the people and then government said as a fine about 15,000 yeah. euros that that's not legal here to say that the gin is so good and it won prices. Mm-hmm. And second thing we did a little advertising in UK and Germany, middle, middle Europe. But that was illegal as well because Finnish people can find them, find those ads in internet. So we actually had to make this kind of geo-blocking our websites and our social media channels that Finnish people can't go. Yeah. For, for example, our Instagram. Mm-hmm. If you have a Finnish IP address, you can't enter our sites. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because. <laughs> No one who is importing their alcohol here in Finland. For example, big gin brands in the UK or wherever, they can do their advertising because the Finnish government can't do anything for them. But Finnish alcohol producers can't advertise their own products. It's a little bit confusing yeah. why you are
1: supporting them and not supporting them.
2: Yeah, yeah. For a. It's a that's just one example.
1: And how how so? How do you actually sell your alcohol here then?
2: No, mainly this gin is going to. Uh, I think it's now going twenty seven countries, and only ten percent of it stays here in Finland. Actually, we had to make uh, this kind of Arctic blue gin, navy strength, uh, completely new product, which we aren't selling here in Finland at all. So we can. Advertise it everywhere else, because... People can't
1: find out about it. Yeah, people,
2: (laughs) uh, if they see advertising, they can't buy it from here in Finland, so they can't give us a fine or anything, punishment, so... That's so weird. (laughs) But uh, yeah, we can now advertise that stronger alcohol, 58.5 ABV uh, gene, so people can find it and find our products. After that, but luckily we have very good guys in our selling team. They are traveling around the world and try to sell itself.
1: So. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and so here, you have to. Do people just they just happen to find it? they in a, a liquor shop. Yeah.
2: Or? Actually, these kind of podcasts or uh, blogs or some not related to us can tell about the products mm-hmm. for the customers but we can do it by ourselves. Oh, I see. People can they, make a fun pages or something what that's um, one way to go around the law so okay. just someone is making. So
1: you can get your friends to, us to us and <laughs> and basically advertise yeah. it basically. And
2: they can stop uh, the press writing from us,
1: okay. if
2: we have news to tell the press, they can write up for us. It it can't be an advertisement, but it can be a story about us in magazine, or something like that. So we have to have a good friends in uh, papers and tell them that okay, we have a new product and no one want, want this kind of price, so they can tell us th- tell it, but we can't tell it. So okay. <laughs> pretty pretty. Hard, but yeah.
1: And do you have other laws like that in Finland?
2: We have plenty of those I don't know how mm. how much you have time but for example the monastery we are making communion wine there I think about 50 to 60 percent of all Finnish churches are using our communion wine but we are living here in Finland so we have to sell all our communion wine to alcohol monopoly shops, call it Alko and then the uh, churches can buy the wine from there for the communion and we have a of course we have a church in monastery as well but it can't can't buy their own wine from the their own winery they have to first send it to the Helsinki alcohol warehouse and then they send it back to the nearest alcohol shop and then the monks will get the wine from the alcohol shop and bring it to the back where it has left. So
0: okay.
2: <laughs> basically you order uh, 12 bottles of communion wine from Valama Monastery to Valama Monastery and it travels, those, one case of wine travels about 800 kilometers and th- it takes about two weeks and it then it's Back to there where it starts, so that's that's weird as well. So.
1: Yeah, that's weird. So, but in uh, in other aspects of apart from alcohol, in other aspects, to the Finnish government quite controlling of things, like uh,
2: it has been. But I think nowadays they are trying to cut those stupid rules. But I don't know how long it's gonna take because there is plenty of those in basically in every aspect of our lives that there's mm-hmm. this kind of regulation that you really don't need them but we'll see 18, so
1: mm-hmm. and yes yeah, so some some back to the wild food somebody was saying that um, the generation now aren't really picking as much and and they're trying to encourage people yeah. to pick more
2: that's that's sad that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because when I was a kid I forced to go for and mm-hmm. yeah, I had to pick my part of berries and mushrooms although I didn't get any any paid for was that how ki- you call
1: it people
2: you, parents you give you? give you monthly paid maybe. Back, back then about five euros per month so but you have to do some work to earn that so
1: was that yeah. for them to eat or was that for them to sell
2: both yeah <laughs> We were picking very much uh, for sales, uh, at least the berries, but nowadays, uh, my parents are so old, they just pick for
1: Mm -hmm. themselves,
2: so... But yeah, that's sad, because no one... We have to bring pickers from Thailand to pick our berries, because all the berries would stay in the forest and rot and tear if someone wouldn't pick them up,
1: so... And why do you think that is?
2: very good question. There's not so many people here in the country area anymore. Everyone are moving to the bigger cities and they have their own things to do there.
1: And do you think think people have kind of lost the connection with
2: With the wildlife, yeah. Yeah, that's... That's the... It's
1: happening all over the world. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Do you think there's a bit of a revival or do you think...
2: It's just... I, I have seen some signs that it would might come back, maybe not, not in a bigger scale, but there's plenty of people who are interesting to pick their own food and grow their own food and be much more organic. They are fed up with these kind of microwave meals and they would like to see how the real food is coming mm-hmm. to the table, so... Actually, that that is the one reason why I like to move here as well. Because I have two little girls, so I want to talk to them how to
1: pick their own food. Yeah. So,
2: so on Hopefully, the new generation is better than us.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know that's why I moved to the country as well. To yeah. Get my kids to learn about nature, and so they can pick things. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's an, it's important, and. Um, and um, so do you think like the health of people has suffered in Finland because they're not p- picking anymore?
2: I don't know is that the reason but yeah I think there is much more sickness than it has been or that's my feeling because everybody has some kind of allergy or
1: okay.
2: breathing issues or something.
1: Mm-hmm. That's surprising because it's so you know it's quite clean and so much forest here I'm surprised
2: yeah but still I think that it's, it's because of processed food because they are so yeah. sterile that you okay. can't get yeah. any kind of
1: uh, nutrition, this, nutrition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: it's too processed so it's too clean and sterile you don't have to fight <laughs> yeah. against anything and if you then you go outside and eat some berries from the posi- position It's not so sterile, so maybe, I don't know, that's my theory
1: about it. Yeah, I remember the question I was going to ask you. It's about about berries, because you have so many berries here. Do you import berries into the supermarket? Or do they use the berries from the woods in the supermarket?
2: I think they are importing as well, because those berries which are picked here up, almost every one of them is sold in the marketplaces and mm-hmm. so on but um, of course there are some finnish berries in the supermarkets as well but i think they are importing okay. as well because they are cheaper to buy from somewhere it's crazy I isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's that whole thing like crazy. the monastery yeah.
1: thing where they're getting it from somewhere else to bring it back to
2: the i have seen <laughs> some kind of macedonian raspberries so i don't know who are buying them and Mm. because you can go to the forest and pick your own raspberries.
1: Yeah, and you have such an abundance here as well, what yeah. it seems, anyway. Um, great, well, that's thank you for your time. No, and nothing. Do you want to tell me, um, like, where people can buy your stuff in, for the, in the UK or where they can connect with you, or is there any...
2: Yeah, can put in the UK, it, but at links. least if you are visiting here in Finland, you can buy our products in Alcohollo monopole shops call it ALKO ALKO and in the Helsinki-Vantaa airport we have